0: I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning about pain. Found fun? Yeah. It's a good subject, a great topic. They say when you're going to speak to a room full of people, whether it's preaching or motivational speaking or really any kind of standing up in front of people, that you're supposed to find a topic or a way that you can relate to every person in the room. So I figured pain is a perfect one, I'm sure. I can relate to everybody in here when we talk about pain. We've all experienced pain. Physical pain, emotional pain. There's all kinds of pains. Some of you may be sitting next to your greatest pain. But keep looking forward. (laughs) Keep looking forward. (sighs) I think that... If you can change the way you look at pain, it'll change everything. I think that if you could really change your perspective on pain and what pain is and what pain can do, it would change your life. And I feel like I have a pretty good handle on it. But then as I was studying, God was showing me some areas of my life where, nah, you still, you can can change your perspective you can change the way you look at pain see most people don't like pain I say most if if you do like pain then you need to get help seek counsel you need some help but naturally we don't like pain we're born to avoid pain get away from pain if something hurts stop doing it figure out why it's hurting stop the pain We don't like pain. We avoid pain. We try to get away from pain. But in this world, we all know you're going to have pain. We see it in the Bible. And Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. Last week, we looked at where Jesus said, it's impossible that you're going to get offended. An offense is a pain. It's emotional hurt or offended a pain well it also offends me if you walk up and give me some physical pain too that's offensive if you walk up and punch me in the face so we see all throughout the Bible that in this world we're going to have pain so there's no way to avoid pain but yet we also see these promises all throughout the Bible that says we can have peace we can have joy We can have hope, we can have love, no matter what the circumstances are. So that tells me that we're going to have pain. And we can have joy in the middle of the pain. We can have peace right in the middle of pain. what I have found is if you're not careful you will let pain do things that it's not intended to do because pain will change you and you decide how it will change you like you'll be closed off or mad you can let pain frustrate you pain can make you bitter pain can make you weak. Pain can make you quit. We think we should avoid pain. So when we get hurt in an area, a lot of times we just throw up a wall. We get hurt, so we just back off and and we throw up a wall to avoid ever getting hurt in that area again. You've seen it. You've done it. I've seen it in a lot of different people's lives and I've seen it in my own life. You're, I mean, you're in a relationship. You get hurt in the relationship. You get done wrong. So your automatic reaction is, you're, I'm going to throw up a wall. I'm never going to get into the, in another relationship well, because that hurt. I don't want to feel that pain again. So I'm not going to get into that situation again. I'm never going to go to another church again because I got hurt in church. It's just natural to throw up a wall and say, hey, well, then I'll just completely avoid it from now on because of a pain. We throw up walls. I got hurt there. Never doing that again. You ever seen somebody that's been, at some point in their life, they got attacked by a dog? And because of that pain, they throw up a wall, and they're terrified of dogs. I've seen a lot of people like that. You freak out if, you know, a little, a sweet little 10-year-old chihuahua can come up around them, and they, they panic because of a pain in the past. Fine, that dog hurt me, so I'll never go near any other dog Ever. And then the scary thing is we start to project our fears and our pain on our kids. We'll stay with that same example. When the little chihuahua goes running down to the playground, that person will panic. Ah, a dog's near my baby! Because of the walls, because of the past pain, because of the fear, we start to put it on our kids. We, we put it on the people around us. So how do I make it through pain? Breathe. And don't let it steal your joy. Pain is a joy thief. It's a good one too. It can steal your joy quick. Pain may be the best joy thief there is. Physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain. I think of some other pains I'm not going to say. But they'll all steal your joy. You can't let it steal your joy. Though the sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. So, what if I told you that pain is a good thing? You'd probably say that's, no, 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 pain's not a good thing. But actually, pain's there for a reason, pain has a purpose. If you think about just your natural physical body, like, you know, when you get a toothache, if you couldn't feel pain, you wouldn't know there was a problem. So you just keep on eating and chewing on your Laffy Taffy or whatever it is you're doing and break off your tooth or that thing could get abscessed. And if you didn't know and there was no pain, you knew there wasn't a problem. All of a sudden your jaw would swell up and that could get in your bloodstream and kill you. Or if you couldn't feel pain, I could walk up behind you and stab you in the back with a knife, and you wouldn't feel it, and you would bleed out and not know. You'd think that was sweat running down your back. And you could die of blood loss because you don't feel pain. Pain alerts you to a problem, and you fix the problem. You find healing. You move on. You see, what do I need to do to grow from this? How can I move on from this? How can I get stronger from this? How can I fix this situation and move on? Pain ignored, pain left unfixed, becomes torture, brings death, steals joy. But pain is a good thing. It has a purpose. It has a reason. And walk up and lay your hand on a hot stove pssst, it burns you and guess what you don't lay your hand on hot stoves anymore but if you couldn't feel it didn't notice you might just burn your whole hand up so then we should fix it we should grow we should let it make us better look at Revelation 21 4 And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. So there will be a day where there's no more pain and no more tears and no more sorrow and no more hurt. For the former things are passed away. There will be a day, John tells us, this is old man, John. This is the John that was Jesus' best friend, the disciple that Jesus loved. And he was buddies with Jesus in Jesus' inner circle, in Jesus' clique within the clique. This is John when he's roughly 85 years old on an island of slavery. He's writing these things and God lets him see glimpses into heaven and and see all this stuff. And John's like, there's coming a day when there will be no more pain. Be no more tears and sorrow. There will be a day when pain disappears, no more sorrow and death and hurt and tears. But for now, in this world, it's unavoidable. There will be pain. Thanks, Pastor. What an uplifting word. I see from all the smiles on your faces. yes it's unavoidable but pain is temporary it may last for a minute or an hour or a year or 50 years but eventually the pain will subside and I would ask did you get bitter or better through the pain did you get stronger or weaker Did the pain push you to isolation or connection? Because it can do either. It can push you to connect or it can push you to run and hide in the cave. Remember we talked about the caves a couple weeks ago? Psalm 34, 19. Many, many, not a few, many are the afflictions, pains put on you by other people. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Righteous just means right standing with God, the righteous, righteousness. That's us. So many are the afflictions of the righteous. Righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Out of them all? God will deliver you out of them all. Whatever pain, whatever hurt, He'll deliver you. He's our ever-present help in time of need, Scripture tells us. This morning when I was studying this message and. Well, I'm studying the message throughout the week, but this morning when I was sitting and going writing down my notes and going over stuff, and I was sitting there thinking, and this song popped in my mind. Um, I wrote a song years ago. Like, I was trying to think how many years ago. Probably, I know it was eight or more years ago, probably a while ago, and we played it, the worship team, it I showed it to them and we played it and we recorded it on a CD and the name of the song was pain and I was trying to remember the lyrics because I haven't even heard it in years and since I'm preaching about pain I guess that's why it popped in my head this morning um, and I went upstairs and dug through some of the drawers early this morning before you guys got here and I found the old CD of that song and I brought it down and played it in my office And I was, it's funny how something I wrote a lot of years ago, then spoke to me about a message that I'm preaching to you guys today. Um, So it was really kind of a cool moment, and so I decided to play you guys that song this morning. So I put it upstairs in the CD player to see if Jesse could play it. And so I was going to play you that song, and then then we'll talk about it. Yeah, go ahead.
1: girl and that is daddy's gone. Can she find a hope to carry on? There's a little boy trying to be a man, just needs to find a place to learn how to stand. That you read, I thought my heart must die. I'm good in your vein. Can't you see your growth?
0: Listen to that this morning for a lot of different reasons. Like it got me and kind of showed me there's some areas that, like, am I growing? Is am I growing through the pain? Am I learning through the pain? Is and, and kind of shine the light on some stuff, and it's cool how old song that I wrote years ago talking about different people's pain and different stuff could and even you know for me and for different people in the room I'm sure some of just the vocals on there got me um, so the song asked the question are you growing through the pain Are you growing? Can you look back at your past pain and say, hey, I grew through that. Hey, I'm stronger spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah, I'm growing. I'm growing through the pain. I want to tell you about two different places, two different places that you can go. I wrote this down in the McDonald's parking lot. The first one is a place of strength. A place where every time you go, you get better. A place where you can clear your mind. A place of release. A place that you will never regret going. It's a place where you can get physically, mentally, and spiritually stronger. Oh, and you can partner with and connect with a variety of different people. You will leave better, stronger, and with an overwhelming sense that you can make a difference. The second place is a place of pain. And what you do in this place hurts you worse after you leave than it did in the moment. This place tears you down. It's a place of judgment, a place of fear, a place where you go get physically, mentally, and spiritually attacked over and over again. Oh, and there are lots of people there that will make you feel insignificant, inadequate, and unimportant, you will leave dirty, in pain and with an overwhelming sense that you're not good enough. Both are the same place. Both are the gym. I go to club fitness in Carrollton. I wrote both of those with the same place in mind for real one is a place of strength and one is a place of pain right one is a place where you can connect to a whole variety of different people at different levels of strength and you can help some of them and some of them can spot you or help you and give you advice and they offer classes and help or I can look at it with a different mindset and all those people are judging me and I'm not as strong as I should be and other guys are lifting more than me and I Either way, it's the same place with the same people. The difference is my mindset going in and how often I go in. Or do I just run from it because it's painful? What will you get out of it? If you spend your life trying to avoid pain, you'll fail you're still going to have pain. If you spend your whole life trying to avoid pain, you're going to be a failure because you're still going to have pain. And what you will avoid is strength. I can avoid the gym because it's painful, and I'm sore. And I will, inv- I will avoid strength. I'll never get strong. James 5, we looked at a couple of weeks ago when, when we were talking about um, that we're better together. We're stronger together. And we looked in James 5, and we talked about together we heal in connection. When you have pain, when you have wounds, when you have hurt, we heal together. We heal through connection and community, and God designed it that way. For us to have other people in our life, when we're going through pain, we have somebody we can call or connect to or look to for help. Together we heal. How do you keep the right perspective? How do you heal? How do you grow through pain in relationship? Pain in your hands blinds you, binds you, and confines you. But pain in God's hands produces partnership. We're better together. Don't let pain steal your joy. It will. If you just let life happen, pain will steal your joy. You won't have joy whenever you're in pain. So you'll spend a lot of your life not having the joy that God has for you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Scripture tells us. So if you let pain steal your joy, then you're walking around weak. You got no strength. Don't let pain steal your joy. No one knew this better than Paul. Remember Paul the apostle, and wrote like two thirds of your New Testament. He. He started all these churches, and he wrote these letters to the churches, and Paul found joy in pain. In fact, most of Paul's life that we can find or read about, there was pain. He was going through something. He was locked up in a jail cell, or he was, I mean, getting beaten or stoned. One time they threw rocks at him until they thought he was dead and threw him outside the city, and uh, he, like, came to and got up and walked off. And still had joy. And still was walking in purpose. And still was a light. light. Paul had it figured out. Look what Paul had to say in 2 Corinthians 11.23. Corinthians I'm going to read it to you in the Message Bible. 2 Corinthians 11.23. I've worked much harder. Been jailed more often. Beaten up more times than I can count. Well, gee, I've been beaten up before, but I can count them. Any of y'all been beat up so many times, you can't even count it anymore? That was Paul. And at death's door, time after time, not just once, I've been flogged five times with the Jews. 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods, three times pummeled with rocks once I've been shipwrecked three times I mean, this dude's been through it pummeled with rocks beaten with sticks shipwrecked three times immersed in open sea for a night and a day in hard traveling year in and year out I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city and at risk in the country. Endangered by desert sun and sea storm. And betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long and lonely nights without sleep. You ever had a long and lonely night without sleep? That's some pain. Many of missed meals. You ever been broke? Paul has. Blasted by the cold. Naked to the weather. Not had what you needed. And that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, (laughs) Paul's like, and that ain't even it. I'm just telling y'all about all the physical stuff. When you throw in all these churches that I've started and tried to pastor at and counsel, (laughs) when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. When someone's duped into sin, an angry fire burns in my gut. Pause. I, I, I want people to do the right thing. And I try to tell them and, and I, I pray for them. And I try to be there for them. And, and then I, they make stupid decisions again. If I have to brag about myself, I'll brag about the humiliations that make me like Jesus the eternal and blessed God and Father of our master Jesus knows I'm not lying remember the time I was in Damascus and the governor of King Aretas posted guards at the city gates to arrest me I crawled through a window in the wall and was let down in a basket and had to run for my life like he was let down in a basket he got help Somebody let him out the window and helped lower him down. His friends, his connections. Paul says, I'll praise. I'll thank God. I'll I'll glory in my weakness. I'll, I'll brag about all the things that I've been through. It's okay. God gets me through. Skip over to chapter 12, verse 7. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture look what paul says because of the extravagance of those revelations and so i wouldn't get a big head i was given a gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations a gift of a handicap satan's angel did his best to get me down But what he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift. I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all that you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. But here's the key. I quit focusing on the handicap. I quit focusing on the pain. I quit focusing on the hurt. I quit focusing on what I could not change. I quit focusing on the handicap. And I began appreciating the gift. There are gifts all around you. And it's so easy to focus on... The handicap. It's easy to focus on the pain. It's natural to focus on what's wrong rather than what's right. It's easy and natural. It's sin and flesh nature to focus on the problem rather than the blessing. But if you want to keep your joy, you have to learn how to focus on the blessing. You have to learn how to focus on what God's doing through it. You have to focus on The healing, not the disease. You have to focus on God. His hand, not the pain. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Hmm. When he quit focusing on the handicap and began to focus on the gift... He said, it was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. That was God's strength. Because that's not natural. That's God's strength taking over, overriding the system of your brain. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse. Now, listen to what he names these limitations that he takes them with joy. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. But I just let Christ take over. And so, the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Paul said, Bring it. I don't care. That abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, stuff happens. It's okay. Why? Because Paul knew that God could and would use it in and through him. And that he would come out better, stronger, wiser. Paul had a different way of looking at pain. In my weakness, not in spite of my weakness... When God doesn't work around brokenness, he works through it. We all have brokenness. Paul said, I fought the good fight when he was writing to Timothy. I kept the faith. You may have lost some things, loss is pain, loss hurts. You may have lost some things, but keep the faith. Keep your joy. Where's your focus? Well, you don't know what I've been through. It's easy for you to stand up there and say that I need to focus on. You don't know the things that I've been through. Is it worse than what Paul went through? What I just read you? Is it worse than that? It Maybe it may it's worse than Paul. Doubt it, maybe. How about Jesus? Never did anything wrong. Is it worse than what Jesus went through? Our example? I'm telling you today that you can have joy. It's a fruit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness. It's a fruit. But fruit is just the evidence of a relationship. Relationship with the Spirit. Connection to God and His body, and then fruit will be evident. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and then it goes on down through in names. So, I noticed that joy was the second one listed. Joy comes before everything but love. In His presence is fullness of joy. So where do I get joy? How do I find joy? You find joy in His presence. Go there. In prayer and worship and in His presence, you find your joy, you find your strength. Second place you find joy is in other people. You find joy in other people that have that joy as you connect. Find it in other people. The third place that you find joy is in pain. What? You can find joy in pain. James said, I count it all joy. He said, count it joy when you fall into diverse trials and tribulations, pain. Count it all joy. You find joy in His presence. You find joy in other people. You find joy even in pain. Jesus endured the cross, Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before Him. So what steals your joy? Think about it. What are some practical things in your life that take your joy away? We all probably have different things. Probably different things that take my joy than what takes your joy. It might be a different pain. We have different pains to deal with. We have different people in our family. I'm not calling the people in your family a pain, but they may be. I don't know. But what steals your joy? What steals my joy is like eating hot wings with some of y'all. You don't know how to eat them correctly. You waste a lot of meat, leaving it on those bones. That steals my joy, seeing that chicken go to waste. What steals your joy? Some of y'all's kids steal my joy. I'm just kidding, they don't. (laughs) I'm kidding. But think about it. What steals your joy? 106 degrees in Georgia in September. Is that steal your joy? Bad call from the ref. Should have won the game. Does that steal your joy? Difficult people? Difficult situations? How about your job? Does your job steal your joy every day? How about the loss of your job? Would that steal your joy? (laughs) Well, for some of you, it may give you joy. I've worked there too. You know, loss can steal your joy loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship. Losing a game. Some of you are losing hair. The loss of your mind. What about broken things? You know, broken things can steal your joy. You notice all these are pain. Anything you lose is pain. Broken is pain. Broken things will steal your joy. Broken heart. Can steal your joy. Broken promises, broken dreams, a broken finger. Right, RJ? It can steal your joy. Me and RJ both broke our fingers this year in flag football. He did it after me. He's he wants to be like me when he grows up. <laughs> I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> but a broken finger, it'll that'll steal your joy. Broken things can steal your joy. Uncertainty can steal your joy. How'd Paul keep his joy? You know, when Paul was thrown in jail, he was thrown in prison. You know how they do. They still do it nowadays. Before you get put in jail, they pat you down and search you and make sure you don't have anything on you. They take everything from you but they couldn't take his joy. They couldn't take his voice. Most of these red letters that we're reading, they had taken everything he had away from him, and they couldn't take his voice. They couldn't take his joy. Same's true for you. Yesterday when I was just, I was thinking about this message and doing some studying and Jesse came up here to clean and I asked her, Jesse, what steals your joy? She's like, what? And I said, what are some things that steal your joy? She said, worry, anger. That's pretty good answers. Worry will steal your joy quick. Anger will steal your joy. I said, you got any funny ones? She said, funny ones? Why is it funny to have your joy stolen? So I gave her my hot wing one. So then she said, I don't know if she knew I was going to use these in service, but uh, she said, people's kids that I can't spank, that need it, (laughs) (laughs) never know when I'm doing sermon prep. (laughs) She thought it was a casual conversation. I guess that can be tied back into the angry one. What still is your joy? It's good to identify it. Because once you identify the thief, it's a lot easier to see him coming. You know, when somebody steals something and you don't know who it was, it. what about y'all, it drives me crazy. We had some stuff stolen from the church before and when you don't know who it is, you're trying to figure it out, it drives you crazy. But if you know who it is, you identify the thief, then you can see it coming. And guess what? I bet he ain't going to steal anything else. And there's a few people that would like to meet up with him if they knew who he was. But the same is true here. If you identify what it is that steals your joy, then when it attacks you Monday morning on on your job and that thing comes up and you've identified it, you say, hey, that's the thief. You're not taking my joy. I'm not leaving money out around you. You're a thief. And you're not going to take it from me. Identify. What is it that steals your joy? So that you can see it coming. You can see the thief coming. And say, no. Not getting my joy. What does joy do? Why do I need joy so bad in my life? joy fuels my purpose. Number one. If I didn't have joy, I couldn't walk in purpose. I couldn't do what God has for me to do. It would be, joy fuels my purpose. Some of y'all ride around on empty. I'm not talking about in your car, in your gas tank, but it's kind of the same thing. You don't fill up your joy you're riding around on empty, then it's really easy for you to run out of joy, to get stranded when pain hits. If you were already sitting there riding on empty and then a little bit of pain shows up, the joy thief, you ain't even got much there. You're already riding on fumes. But if you're full, you can go a long ways. If you're already full... Number two, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord, it doesn't make you strong. It is your strength. So the joy of the Lord is my strength. So get in His presence. Get strong. Third, joy brings healing. Healing. Laughter does good like a medicine. The Bible says joy brings healing. I had a few more scriptures, but we're going to go on past them. If you want to write them down, if you're taking notes, you can go look at, look at Proverbs seventeen 22. You're thinking about joy brings healing. Um, fourth one. Joy helps me get over stuff. Joy will help you get over stuff. Again, if you're taking notes, write down Luke 6:22. I'm not going to turn there, but I'm over it. You hurt me? Joy helps me get over it. Helps me forgive. To let go, to not hold on to bitterness. Joy. That's strength. That's power. Losing your temper, getting angry about it, that's weakness. That's you being out of control. Your emotions take over and lead. Joy is strength. You know, remember Joseph? Joseph, he had a dream and God gave him a purpose and put a call on his life. And then everything went wrong. His brothers beat him up, threw him in a pit, pulled him out of the pit, sold him into slavery. He was a slave and had to work and work and work, got wrongfully accused of rape, got thrown into a jail for something he didn't do, was locked up forever, forgotten about, had just, I'm talking about everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. He went through a lot of pain, went through a lot of hurt for 17 years he was in pain. Things weren't turning out good. His, his family hurt him. People that were over him that, that should have cared about him, that he worked hard for. Just everything went bad for Joseph. And finally he gets pulled out of jail. And you guys know the story. He gets pulled out of jail and he interprets a dream for the most powerful man in the world at that time, Pharaoh. And he becomes the second most powerful man in the world. And he's in charge of all the food. And there's a famine all around the world. And Joseph, because God told him, was the only one smart enough to save up food to get him through that hard time. So the whole entire, all around the world, was coming to them for food. And that was because of Joseph. And Joseph's dad and brothers come because they're dying in this famine. They're literally going to die if they can't find food. And they show up and... Joseph's the man they have to talk to. And they didn't even know it was him. They didn't even recognize him because he had been through so much. It didn't even look like the same person. He had grown so much that they couldn't even recognize the one that they abused. The one that they hurt. The one that they threw away like a piece of trash. He didn't even look the same. And they came to him begging. And to him. He knew who they were. Because they hadn't changed. They hadn't grown like he's grown. They still were what they were. They were the abusers. They were the ones that hurt. They were the ones that did it wrong. He knew who they were. Genesis 50. 20. This is what Joseph says to him. Joseph tells them, like, hey, I'm Joseph, and they panicked. Oh God, he's gonna kill us. We did that dude wrong. It says, Joseph, that's our brother. We're about to die. Look what Joseph says to him. But as for you, you thought evil against me. You did it to hurt me. There's no way around it. I know you did this to hurt me. You wanted bad things to happen to me. You thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. He said God had a purpose. God had a plan. You meant it for evil. You tried to hurt me. You tried to get rid of me, to throw me away like a piece of trash. And God used it to save all these people. Joseph said, I'm not even mad. I went through it and you're the one that put me through it and I'm not even mad at you. In fact, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some of what I got. That's maturity. So maybe your miracle doesn't happen. but someone else's does because of what you went through. When I cried out to God to save me and He didn't save me, so did Joseph. But then Joseph was able to save them all. See, for some of you, you didn't see your the miracle you were begging for. Maybe it didn't happen like you thought it was going to happen. Well, maybe God's going to use you to be somebody else's miracle you can't be your own miracle that's not how it works God uses you to be somebody else's miracle The kids like that point too (laughs) maybe you cried out to God to save your marriage and it ended in divorce but now you can help somebody else save their marriage with what you've been through From your pain, something that you learned is going to be the key so that theirs can be saved. See, if God doesn't make your miracle happen, He'll make you a miracle. Joseph didn't want it, but God used it. I'm going to close by reading you Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, and we're done. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, they cleared a path, they, they cut a trail. All these pioneers, it just got done naming the, the hall of faith. All the people that have gone on before us Who blazed the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running. And never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. How? Here's how. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He never lost sight. He kept his focus. He kept his focus on purpose. He never lose sight no matter what pain, no matter what trials, no matter how much people got him wrong or accused him of things he didn't do. He never lost focus of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. He's the source. Look at him. In this all-out match against sin... Others have suffered far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through. All that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. I mean, you can sit around just feeling sorry for yourself. But what good is that going to do? He said, don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children? And that God regards you as his children? The writer of Hebrews is saying, Look, look, this is what Jesus went through. Did you forget how good parents treat their kids? And do you remember that you're God's kid? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline. But don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. Why does God requires so much of me. Well, I gotta keep on forgiving that person over and over. Why do I got why is God calling? Well, why does my purpose require so much out of me? God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. Don't quit. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training. When you go to the gym, are you training or are you punishing yourself for the meal you ate last night? The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you, re- would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At, that, at the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. There's joy. Yeah, you're going to have pain. Yeah, stuff's going to hurt. But you can have joy in the pain. You can have joy in the moment. God offers you His strength. And pain, whether it's a pain that somebody else put on you or it's self-inflicted pain because of dumb decisions that you've made or whatever reason, God can use it. So change your focus. Look at it as a gift. Get stronger. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Fill yourself up. And experience, God, life. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for handicaps and pain and hurt and... Trials and sorrow and suffering. (laughs) God, thank you that you're so big and you're so powerful and that you've created us in such a way that even those horrible things can make us stronger, can make us wiser. They can give us tools that we need to help other people not walk through the same pain that we walked through. God, we trust that you're that big. And so we change the way we look at pain. God, thank you for joy. I Thank you for real joy that doesn't just go away based on circumstances. God, we love you. Thanks for calling us your kids. Reveal yourself to us. Show us our worth. Remind us who we are. God, we love you. Thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name. Amen.